Mark Dadawin is an award-winning writer, director, producer, and the founder of Mad Resilience Films. To date, he has 28 short films to his name. In 2014, his film Basted won Best International Film at the Milledgeville Film Festival. This year, Mark and Mad Resilience Films will present five short films at the Milledgeville Film Festival, including The Heightened, which was filmed here in Middle Georgia. Mark Dadawin, welcome to Milledgeville Matters. Thank you, Daniel. I want to thank you just for making the time to talk to our audience today and helping them just get prepared for the Milledgeville Film Festival. And I want to start off just talking a little bit about film festivals and your experience. Now, with as many as 28 short films and theater productions under your belt, can you tell me about the opportunity that film festivals like the Milledgeville Film Festival offer to up-and-coming filmmakers like yourself? Well, film festivals are, in particular, it's very helpful for short filmmakers because short films, um, there's not many opportunities to have it screened other than just putting it online. Film festivals generally uh, is a way for us to get our work out there as well as meet other uh, filmmakers around the world and other producers where it could lead up to other opportunities. And so as a bonus, it gives us a chance to travel outside of Toronto. Excellent. And of course, you are based in, in Canada, in Toronto, like you said. That's right. Mm-hmm. Well, was also, you mentioned that it gives you an opportunity to show those films outside of being online. Is there anything special for you, the filmmaker, or perhaps other people involved in the production, from being able to see an audience reaction and be there in the room with people experiencing your work for the first time? I've done a couple of theater productions, and that's sort of a very different because there you get an immediate audience reaction. Whereas with film, it's oftentimes it's a longer process where you don't have that immediate reaction unless you have a crowd with you. And so going to these festivals is great because usually when I go to a festival, I'm not actually observing the film. I'm actually observing the crowd because I've seen each of my films hundreds of times. But it's like every time I see it with an audience, it's like watching it for the first time because every reaction is different. As well as doing Q&As is a great opportunity to talk about the film, whereas you don't really get that opportunity if, if it's something that's sort of online or if I'm not present. And will you be participating in any question and answers after your showings, or will you be participating in any parts of the film festival that are geared towards aspiring filmmakers? Uh, yes. So after the screening, um, I usually have a Q&A afterwards. In the past, I've actually been on the writer's panel. Last year, we were at the writers of participating in the writer's panel. But definitely after each block, and uh, I believe with uh, these five shorts, they're all in different blocks on different days, and uh, I'll be present for each and every one of them to answer any questions. And now I wanted to just talk with you about creating short films. You talked about there not being as much opportunity to show those, but I wanted to talk with you. Now, I see that it seems like you're making your name on short films. What can you convey in a short film that might not be possible in a feature-length film? I love the short film medium, uh, mainly because of the quick turnaround time. And as a writer, I have so many different stories to tell. And with the quick turnaround time, we've done between six and nine shorts in one year. And I would say it's actually more of a challenge as a writer, just because trying to get a story across in such a short time. And, and the way the festivals work, for example, it's, they say the shorter the film, the best. And the reason for that is for programming purposes, 
for me, it's, it's a bigger challenge trying to get a whole story into a shorter time, especially if it's between five and ten minutes. As um, uh, we kind of are inundated with all this technology and have all this information right at our, our fingertips, do you think that perhaps there might be a, a greater appreciation of a short film as much of the media that we consume is of a shorter duration? Um, most definitely. I think we're moving more towards, I guess because of the how we're watching our films now, or uh, it's oftentimes you're even on your phone or in, in the middle of transit where you're watching something, even just look at Facebook posts, for example, if you're traveling, you don't really have more time than a minute or two, or if you're lucky, even five minutes. Um, and so I think with the attention span now, we kind of just want to see something get to the point and move on, especially if you're not in a theater setting. The number of shorts, especially those coming out of Toronto, is, is definitely increasing. What are the challenges of engaging in that short medium? Well, the challenge is definitely, like I said, it's about, well, it, comes, it stems from the writing, so trying to get something across in such a short time. I don't find it as challenging writing our dark comedies as much as our dramas, just because trying to establish character and the pacing is a little more challenging for a drama to keep that short. But definitely that's the biggest challenge there, as well as if you have a multiple location and Generally, we try to keep our shorts uh, into a two-day shoot, and uh, sometimes it's challenging when you have multiple locations and trying to keep that into a two-day shoot, especially for one of the lower-budget films. With the short films, especially the being so uh, short in duration, how do you know when you've succeeded and achieved your goal with what you want with each film? Sometimes it's not until we have our first audience. Occasionally I'll do a test audience, but many times we would just put it out there and see how um, the audience feels about it or the programmers feel about it. And it's really not until uh, I'm really critical about my own work, so it's not really until I see that first audience or where I know that, you know what, we did a really good job. Yeah. But regardless, I'm always proud of, of what we put out there. just don't know what to expect until we actually see the audience. With the shorter production time, when you give that work to that first audience, do you have time to go back and maybe make changes if, say, a, a line didn't hit the way that you wanted to or if the audience wasn't walking away with uh, what you were intending? Definitely. So the post-production uh, process uh, takes quite some time. For us, it's a couple of months after we've already finished a cut. I welcome any feedback. So if, if we have an audience whether it's at just a, a private rap party or at a festival, I'm definitely open to changes, whether it's color or even sound mix or score. We've definitely gone back and made some changes based on feedback. And so one of the things that we corresponded about before our interview was the idea about a festival films and the life cycle of festival films. Now, do you approach a film differently if you think that its destination is film festival as opposed to another setting? Well, basically uh, all of the films that I've made, we've gone the festival route, which is something I'm really comfortable with and I truly enjoy. And, you know, it's, a, it's an opportunity to really meet other filmmakers around the world, travel, but also it's part of the lifestyle. And I just feel like being a writer, I'm often creating my craft in solitude. It's really nice to actually go out there. And, and for me, I've always done the film festival approach. For the Milledgeville Film Festival, of course, uh, as we said in the introduction, you've got five films in this one. I was wondering if you might take a, a little bit of time right now and introduce either all or, or some of those films to our audience. 
The first one that's playing on Wednesday the 26th is Forgive Me Father or Pardonnez-moi Mon Père. It's a French language film, so it's my French language debut, and it has uh, been touring the festival circuit already. It has a 10 official selections so far. It recently won Best Drama Short in the Toronto Short Film Festival. It has been going from New York to uh, Florida and now Milledgeville. And yeah, and it sort of was born out of, well, it, it was conceived at a, at a Christmas party, actually, where we showcased many of our films. And I was told, as I have always been, that my style of writing is sort of European. And so it was kind of thrown out there, almost half-jokingly, that we should write something in a different language. And so it was either Spanish or French. And so my co-producer, Adrian Milan, and I, uh, we, from scratch, we decided to do this. And then uh, we went to camera two months later and created a French film. So it's, it's basically about two um, lovers who reunite at family breakfast and a lot of words and revelations, and it becomes an exciting conflict comes out of it. The next one is uh, The Hide End, and like you said, The Hide End was actually filmed at uh, the Brickyard in Milledgeville, and so it was the final day of the Milledgeville Film Festival in 2015, and Jeremiah was kind enough to sort of guide us to where we can film and uh, obtain some equipment, as well as he introduced us to uh, the lovely actress Sarah Long, who's also from Georgia. And so says Sarah Long, as well as Samantha Spatari and, and Angelica Alejandro, and it's a satire about how we take society's opinions too seriously and how it gravely affects us. And so it's a short, and it took us only four hours to shoot, and it's a five-minute short, and I hope everyone enjoys it. It's part, part of the Georgia Shorts block. And I'm curious, um, did you know that you were coming to that film festival with the intention of creating a film while you were here? Was there some inspiration that you drew from your surroundings once you got here? Or, or is there anything else that led you to um, create that film here in Milledgeville? Uh, definitely. So we, we've been going to the Melgeville Film Festival since the first year. So this is going to be our fourth year now. And so we were familiar with the area already. And uh, we kind of ahead of time planned like, oh, do we have a, a small period of time where we actually have some free time? And uh, Jeremiah did tell us on the last day we would be able to shoot on the last day. And so we decided to allocate four hours there. Uh, Jeremiah was also kind enough to sent us some photos so we didn't have to actually location scout from Toronto. And we, um, yeah, we went from there. And based on the location and who I knew was going to be um, cast in it, I was able to write something really quick. And we actually rehearsed at the filmmaker's brunch at the Andalusian. And was there a sense of excitement in trying to turn something around so quickly? Definitely. Quick turnaround time always uh, excites me. We've also done a few 48-hour challenges. But definitely the quick turnaround time in the middle of a festival in another city, working with a new actress, it was uh, exciting for us. Would you say that's kind of indicative of what you look to these film festivals to add to your long body of work, that excitement of coming together, the camaraderie of being passionate about film? Were those things in play while you were doing that? Uh, definitely. Uh, you know, we always challenge ourselves. Every short film uh, we approach very differently. And uh, so this one, for sure, was, again, it was almost like filming for the first time because completely different setting, and we really didn't know what to expect. I mean, there's one thing, it's one thing to sort of see pictures as to where we're going to shoot, 
and even just have a phone conversation with who you're going to be shooting with, but actually to go in there and do it is challenging but also exhilarating because you just never know what will happen. And one of the films that has stuck out as I've been watching the trailers is a Mismatch in Lighter. Could you talk about this film? Okay, uh, Mismatch in Lighter. Well, it's uh, it's a dark comedy, and uh, it's, it was inspired by when I was in my university days studying at the University of Toronto, uh, studying psychology. And so it's about a quirky therapist who sort of takes it upon herself to play matchmaker with all of her clients who are really unexpecting that. It was co-produced with my best friend, actually, Christophe Bryjack, who was based in Toronto but is now living in Vancouver. Actually, it's going to be well represented at uh, Milledgeville. We have three of our actors going to be in attendance, uh, so that's Kathleen Pollard, Samantha Kane, Christophe Bryjack, as well as uh, the editor, um, Samantha Spatari. And it's been doing pretty well. It's just recently won uh, three awards at the Flagler Film Festival in Florida, won the Best International Cast, it won Best Anything Goes with Drama, Dark, and it won, well, uh, an Indie Altar Award. And uh, tell us about the two other films that you'll be presenting to Milledgeville audiences. Okay, so Nativity Unseen will be having its uh, world premiere in Milledgeville. So it's a Christmas film, but not your or not your typical Christmas film. So, I mean, first of all, it's Christmas in April, but that's also very dark. One thing to note about that one is that it stars Brandon Sim and Angelica Alejandra, who are the hosts of last year's Milledgeville Film Festival Awards Party. And so they're very excited to be presenting that in Milledgeville. Because we're from Canada and it's a Christmas film, we filmed that up north, even further up north than Toronto, and it was uh, minus 20, which I guess translates to minus 4 Fahrenheit. And so it was a a fun time to shoot that, and it was just basically a weekend getaway. And uh, here we are presenting it two months later. And I think for many people who perhaps have never been to Canada, there might be some assumptions that there's a lot of cultural crossover between the two countries. Do you find that there's any divide uh, you have to kind of bridge as a filmmaker to make films that will perhaps be successful in uh, the United States or ones that are successful in Canada or ones that will be successful in both? There's definitely a lot of similarities more than differences. However, one thing I like to do with my films, I I try not to really establish a particular location. I feel like it's part of the style where if they really notice that, oh, that's not, like, say, if it's an American festival, oh, that's from somewhere else, that's perfectly fine. Another thing is, like, we've we've gone to many festivals all over the world, and uh, so one thing that's pretty cool is we, if, if we're identified as Canadian, then that's that's great. It adds something to the story, especially if it's a universal story. I try not to limit what we write to that. So anything we want to just put out there, and if it sort of has that Canadian feel, then then great. But I do, for the most part, I find that the similarities outweigh any of the differences. Having said that, though, and uh, it often comes up in, uh, in Q&As, uh, we've been, in terms of festivals, we tend to be more embraced by festivals in the United States uh, versus in Canada. And so I'm not sure why that is, but uh, that's sort of, I guess, the, the style that we put out there, maybe the dark comedies uh, that we put out there, seems to be more embraced south of the border.
And can you tell me about what you feel when you're actually doing that world premiere of a, a film that you've made as opposed to just a premiere at a different festival? Is, is there a different feel that you have or a sense of anticipation that you have going into a world premiere as opposed to uh, just premiering it for a new audience? Uh, definitely. Uh, so I'm always very nervous when it's the world premiere because it's the first time it's playing in front of an audience. I don't really know what to expect, really, especially when there's uh, a Q&A. Uh, there's always that, you know, what if they don't like it? And also just don't know what to expect. But at the same time, it's it's always very exciting. That's why we usually choose the goal. Where do we want to premiere our film? And so, of course, with Sanitivity Unseen, it was uh, great that uh, we were able to get into the Melville Film Festival with that as a premiere because the other four films had already premiered somewhere else. So I know Melville is a great place to premiere because not only the venue, but the, everyone is very uh, welcoming and, and hospitable. So. And I see that you have one more film that'll be at the film festival here in Milledgeville, and that's The Disclosure. So The Disclosure it was a 48-hour film challenge. It was part of the Toronto 48-hour film challenge. And I guess you can say it was my horror film debut. Uh, we actually, I'm not sure if you know how the 48-hour film challenge works, but basically you draw, everything's random draw, and you draw certain criteria. And so we randomly drew the horror film genre and so that's definitely something that was new to me but a welcome challenge and other things that we had to draw were like the watermelon as a prop and then we had a character that we had to draw and it was a yoga instructor so we just basically had to write something that was um, that was centered around those things and then shoot it in 48 hours and the 48 hours have includes everything including post-production and, and delivery of the film and so that was a fun challenge uh, because we, um, basically as the writer and director and being part of the editing process, I didn't sleep for for 48 hours straight, along with Samantha Spatari, who actually is the lead actress in it, and the editor. So it was uh, definitely a fun weekend. But the disclosure is very dark. It's part of the horror block that's uh, on Sunday, the outdoor screening on Sunday. And we'll see how that goes because we've only screened that once and that was part of the 48-hour film challenge screening. But this is the first real audience outside of that. And I'm curious, with this diversity of films that you're presenting um, across the film festival here in Milledgeville, are there any that are particularly indicative of where you are now as a filmmaker? Forgive Me, Father, the French film, is most indicative of how I am as a writer. Um, The thing is, in... I mentioned how I was, the feedback I often get is that my style is very European in my writing, especially in my dramas. This came at the beginning of 2016, after a year of sort of uh, making different dark comedies and sort of trying to navigate the festival to see what would work. And I decided uh, for this one, let's not hold back. And so I, the, the script for Forgive Me Father is actually the first draft. I've uh, normally, as a writer, we would go through many drafts and, and perfect it before we even go on camera. But uh, Forgive Me Father is the first draft. It was, of course, translated officially. But other than that, the English version was the first draft of it. And I feel like uh, one good thing about that is that it kept it raw and I kept it what came naturally out of, out of the basic idea of, uh, I guess, a dysfunctional family. And so that's something I, I see as really true to what I like to put out there. 
as well as I have a fascination with dysfunctional families. I don't know if it's because of the psychology background or the people that I've just come across over the years in Toronto, but so I find that something that's really uh, represents me as a writer. Um, and also, it has been really successful on the film festival circuit so far, and felt like a new beginning as well because it was directing in a different language for the first time was uh, was a really a welcomed challenge. And, and that actually it took away my next question because my next question was: Are there any of the films that you feel are indicative of where you're going or where you would like to go in your craft? Well, the good thing is, in this industry, um, I just don't know what to expect. And, you know, I can make a, a six-month plan, a one-year plan, and it never goes the way it's planned. And I feel like that's the joy of this. And, and like I said, I like to make every project different, and I, I welcome any new challenges, right? And so, forgive me, Father, I would never have imagined I would do that. Here we are a year later, and, it, and it's really almost the center of, or leading sort of uh, the festival, the festival run. But going forward, you know, I welcome any challenge. I do love the short medium. I am working on a feature, though. But definitely, in terms of the short medium, I will we'll see where we like to push boundaries. So we'll just we take one short at a time. And for fear of, of getting into too much of a nuts and bolts conversation for our audience, but could you talk about the festival life cycle of a film? The film festival cycle is. There's different seasons, and generally, uh, I would say a one-year cycle is, is typical. However, it all depends on how it does. And the way I submit my work, I send one wave of submissions and see how it goes before I continue with that, especially as an independent filmmaker and with multiple films touring the circuit and multiple films in production. We have to be sort of smart with how we plan our festival run and our submissions. So basically the first wave really dictates how long its run is going to be, as well as how it's received by the audience and if there's any particular opportunity in any place in the world where we actually want to take an opportunity, then we'll take it. But otherwise, the life cycle is sort of dictated by how it's received. And is there any kind of magic number or a magic way of thinking about how you'll submit this to different festivals? Uh, yeah, so the magic number is basically dictated by the budget. So as a low-budget filmmaker, it's difficult. Sometimes there's there's no funds or the funds are sort of exhausted uh, during production or post-production that uh, we oftentimes forget that we have expenses after the film is made. And, and a lot of times that's that's sort of taken out of pocket. So we usually start with something, uh, a small amount of festivals, just to see how it goes before we submit to more, if we do. And now, as we're here in this kind of behind-the-scenes part of our conversation, I'm just wondering if you might speak to some of the aspiring filmmakers in our audience and just give them some advice that you think would help them in their aspirations. Definitely the, the first thing I would advise is just to go for it. Like, I started out in uh, as a songwriter, Never would I imagine that I would ever leap into screenwriting and definitely directing or filmmaking. But then the the best thing that's happened uh, to me, and it happened by accident. And so I think the the biggest thing is just to go for it, follow your dreams, of course, but also don't hold back. As a creator, I used to sort of 
try to limit myself as to what I write just because I want to make sure that I'm pleasing a certain audience. But now, you know, what's most liberating as a writer is that I don't hold back. Any subject matter is fair game. And, you know, I've come to accept that, you know, if I, if I write a comedy, it's, it's dark, right? And that's something that you should never limit yourself to. Just put it out there. In terms of actually actual production, the biggest thing you can do, the biggest favor you can do yourself is to surround yourself with a great team. You can spearhead uh, a project, however, it's only going to be successful if you surround yourself with passionate artists and a talented artists as well. That's exactly how Mad Resilience Films started. started as a, as a single passion project and now we've grown to this and, and the, uh, I attribute all of its success to surrounding myself with great uh, artists. Mark Dadawan, what's next for you? Well, we have a few short films coming up. I'll mention The Woman of Alpine Road is, is the big one that's coming up. Uh, it's a drama that centers around two influential women whose past comes back to haunt them. And it stars Katerina Taxia as well as Kathleen Pollard, who is going to be at the Melville Film Festival this year. And I think I heard you say earlier in our interview that you're looking forward to a feature film. Is that is that the case? Uh, that's correct. So it's still in the early phases of writing, but in the works. And so, of course, you talk throughout the conversation about how you look forward to the camaraderie that's on display at these film festivals. I was wondering, is there anything that you're looking forward to that's not one of your own work? Are there any films or maybe even people that you might meet or, or any workshops that, that you yourself are looking forward to? Another great thing about the Melville Film Festival is that they have a wonderful selection of films, and I always look forward to them. In particular, the international shorts. In the past, we've seen great films from, in particular, a Spanish distributor, Mailuki Films, and so I'm looking forward to all of theirs, and I'm, I'm pretty sure they have about five films this year, as well as other films that we know from filmmakers that we've met in the past. So, I mean, I know Russell... Uh, has Russell Emanuel has a film, a sci-fi film, um, called The Occupants that's playing on the closing night of the festival, as well as a fellow Canadian, his feature is called Ashes, playing on Friday. And Judy Sam Roman, who we've met in the past at Milledgeville, uh, has also a feature film on that Friday night block. Yeah, there's, there's plenty of films uh, definitely that we're looking forward to, and meeting new filmmakers as well. The panels, uh, something that I love to attend. Our very own, Samantha Spatari, is going to be part of the actors' panel. And there's always something to do at, at Milledgeville, uh, whether it's a panel or, or a screening or a party. It's pretty much like a vacation where we just sit back and, and go wherever they take us. And if people want to find out more about you or Mad Resilience Films or some of the films that you are or are not presenting at the Milledgeville Film Festival, how can they do that? Okay, well, we have our website, madresiliencefilms.com, as well as we're on Instagram and Facebook. Mad Resilience is the handle. They can also catch me at the Millsville Film Festival. I'll be there every day. Well, Mark Dadawin, thank you so much for taking the time to speak to our audience here on Millsville Matters. Thank you so much.